Okay, welcome everyone to episode three of the Sick Folks of Cinema. Give it, put your hands together. This is, we're doing episode three today. We got, um, well, let's start off. My name is Heather uh, Rogue, and I, uh, we're comedians who talk about horror, and I am one such person as well. Um, the type of horror <laughs> I like is good, good horror, but I also, character development, I also enjoy a good bad horror. Mm-hmm. So if, it, if like, you know, I could go either way as long as I am enjoying myself. Um, Stephen. Stephen, yes, yes. Stephen. <laughs> Stephen Bauman, <laughs> right? Mom, Got mom, it. Nailed it. Mom's home. Can you tell? <laughs> Mother! Uh, yes, I am Stephen. I, I like the horror too. Yes. <laughs> All types of horror. Yes. Yes. How about you, Keith? What kind of horror Racist. do you like? I'm a very specific horror junkie. No, I like um I like the intellectual shit and my weird uh I like the sci-fi horror and the like psychological horror. I like I get all philosophical about it, sometimes a little too much. I don't know. I'm the weirdo. Oh, well, we Guys, Christina, oh, you're the weirdo. Christina, okay, Christina. Like? <laughs> um, oh, I like the campy horror. Like, I'm a camp queen. Like, give me Bruce Campbell. Give me Ginger Dead Man. Give me teeth. Like, if it's gonna make me, if it's gonna make me laugh while I get scared, it kind of eases the blow a little bit. Plus, I, I like the like nostalgic kind of cheesy B movie. Like, the worse it is, the more I'm probably going to like it. Like, I don't like like, realistic shit. So, like, Mm -hmm. Sam Raimi meets Stranger Things? Yes. That's my, that's my, my aesthetic right there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, guys, by the way, I need to point out something that I feel like we've glossed over that's very important. Oh, no. It is Friday the fucking 13th. You're right! It's Friday the 13th! I was thinking about that. Why are we not reviewing Friday the 13th besides that they're all terrible movies? Because they're trash. Because we're idiots. I don't know. I like at least two of them, damn it. I don't love them, but I like them. What's wrong with Friday the 13th? (laughs) No, they didn't. I still still have to open up. It's funny that you said it. I still have to open up my box. I respect Friday the 13th because of the ending, which I won't spoil, but... uh, Jason comes out of a lake and grabs the last surviving girl. I will. Yeah, nobody fucking (laughs) survives! When when did we lose our way with horror? And we're like, oh, what about the happy ending? You gotta blame uh, Hollywood and the uh, studios for that one. Yeah. (laughs) That one was was interesting because they really just tacked that ending on. They were like, I don't know, we kind of need something. This looks, you know, cheesy and shit. Like Keith would, Keith would hate this movie. They realized, so they're like, let's just (laughs) have a monster come out of the water. I don't think we do enough of like, oh, there's an Aquaman element to the the monster. Like you, he can go underwater. You know what I mean? Like that's, I don't know. That they thought they were safe. They did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Everybody feels strangely secure in the middle of nowhere, like woods areas. You know, in horror movies, like everybody feels like just okay being out in the middle of nowhere. That's the there, problem. Let's go explore fog. that noise. There's exactly. fog in the graveyard. And I know exactly how to get out. I, I know exactly. 
<laughs> we go this way. <laughs> and they're also waiting for daytime, and then they're like, they 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 forget that like they still it, it happens on like a twenty four hour cycle. <laughs> Your nighttime's coming again, guys. You got to finish this thing, or else it's never gonna end. I don't know. That's All that's right. why. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I'm I'm gonna move into the new segment unless you had something super important. No, I, so I was I, uh, super important. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have herpes. I don't. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so Keith, let's start with you. What have you been watching lately, as far okay. as horror goes? I watched a few. Here's the thing. Okay, I I just talked a big game about all the intellectual, <laughs> and then when I'm when I'm like I'm drunk and I'm in bed and I'm not gonna sleep and I know that. I watch absolute trash. Um, for some reason, I like cruising Amazon and watching all those like 80s, like really like pulp shitty uh, B sci-fi and hard type of things. And yep. I, for whatever reason, I got lured into Phantasm. Ah, <gasps> <laughs> bitch. Uh, did not age well. Uh, let me just. No, it did that. not. And, oh, I love the original. <laughs> and, uh, it, for some reason it's always like it's like horror and then boobies you know what i mean like all those 80s ones were like we need some boobies it was 79 but still it, it i think it just slid under there you know what i like <laughs> about those 80s horror movies though is that they'll be like oh yeah i'm in high school but i look 40 and yeah. that to me is relieving because if you're gonna show your tits off at least look like a 40 year old and don't make me uncomfortable you know what i mean yeah. oh <laughs> I I I like a bald head and a ponytail <laughs> oh yeah no, I, I, I met him he was a nice guy he was a nice guy i met him at a fangoria con he was nice I, I wanted to write them a letter and say stop going to the house like you're the the the, the monster in this horror scenario is not coming is not sneaking in your house you're going to his house what the fuck are you doing you're bothering the monster here. <laughs> yeah, but like, the later you know, movies in the franchise, like it, he he expands. He turns into McDonald's of like stealing no. people and shrinking them. You know. Yeah, I like the first three. After that, they lose me. But yeah, the first one, the first one's a classic, man. That director Don Corselli, he also did the classic uh, Beastmaster. I love Beastmaster. I thought yes. it was a great job in world building, though. That whole franchise, really good world building. Terrible story every single time. The story is awful. There's no continuity, and all the continuity is just like it makes you just like, what the hell happened between these two movies? They tried so hard <laughs> to be like, this is a continuation, but also we just like removed all of these characters. They didn't get hired again, and the, uh, everything's different. The other one that he did uh, that I really liked, and I think uh, I think uh, Christina actually probably has maybe seen it and i'll say the name of it here in a minute but it's also from don coricelli who did phantasm and the beastmaster called Bu bubba hotep and it oh, stars yeah. it stars bruce campbell and that's I think one of my Oz favorites yeah ozzy davis and that's where he's uh elvis in a retirement home and a mummy comes to the retirement home to uh, suck the souls of the living from their ass <laughs> it's it's mwah. If yeah. you like the <laughs> dumbass Bruce Campbell shit, this is the movie for you. I have, I actually, I don't have a lot of horror DVDs, okay? I just don't. But I have the limited edition Bubba oh, yeah, Hotep DVD same. with the white leather jacket, the little Elvis jacket. <laughs> I have it. It's one of my favorites. See, that's that's the type I, of shit. I, th I think you might, you might like it. Uh, Keith, I don't think you'll love it, but I think you might like it because there's some shit in there that's 
Bubba oh. Just yeah, Bubba everything you said about intellectual, just throw it all out the window. Yeah, it's yeah. garbage. Yeah, everything you said you it's liked. <laughs> I, I like me to Bruce Campbell. I will say that. Oh no! Suspend dude, your disbelief and just lower your IQ, and you're gonna have a good time. Okay. If you couldn't tell from the premise that you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit. Well, you know, it's it's one of those where. Uh, it, it, you know, it has its fair amount of cheese, but the actors, especially Ozzy Davis, he was a really uh, well-known actor who took what essentially was crazy as shit and added some kind of, you know, theater, like actual acting, acting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the movie. What, yeah, what he did with the role yeah. that he was presented, you were oh, like, yeah. Jesus, round of applause for you. Man. Yeah, there's yeah, there's some stuff in there that's... Uh, for, you know, again, that's another director who can take a lot of, uh, you know, no budget and do something special. Um, okay, Stephen, let's move on. How, what have you been watching this week? What have I been watching? Well, I did watch Loved Ones pretty much twice. Uh, Not there and then, yet. That's the segue. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Ooh, pardon me. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, yeah. he watched uh, it. I'll punish you. <laughs> Bobby! <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh... uh Movie-wise, you know, I, I, I'll throw some stuff on, nothing really specific, and if, if it doesn't get me in the 10 to 15 minutes, then I just dip on to something else. Um, but just catching up on all my horror TV shows, really, man, that's that's pretty much, you know, when I'm diving between the movies and stuff. Um, I'm trying to remember, there was one that I was watching over again. Fuck, what was it? <laughs> I hit so many damn movies. Let's come back uh, to you. Okay. I will go next. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go next. I'm going to talk about, I watched I Saw the Devil. It's a Korean, I want to call it an anti-revenge movie or like it subverts the revenge fantasy in a lot of ways. It takes everything you think is like, oh, satisfying about revenge and it makes it not satisfying. It's like really well done. I don't know if I'd recommend it. It depends. As long as you know what you're getting into, like, then it's great. There's a serial killer and someone's after him. That's all you really got to know. And then it's a wild ride from there. I thought it was, I thought it was a good movie, but yeah, it was more of a thriller than a horror to me. Anyways. Um, I, that's a, I, I love that one. That's one of my favorites. It's on my list. Yeah, um, I've never seen it either. Chris, uh, tech services, Christina. Um, <laughs> I forgot that we were on Zoom and I looked at my thing and I was like, well, shit, I guess some tech services. All our services. names are different, yeah. Um, I haven't really watched a ton this week. I was in a conspiracy mood, so I watched a lot of Gravity Falls and I watched a documentary on Skinwalker Ranch, which was on Hulu. I forget the exact name of it, but it's one of the better conspiracy theory type documentaries and i watched the loved ones our movie for the week oh so this movie was <clears throat> odd um what what did, what did you think of it keith okay uh, so should take we a deep with, breath. We start with the good. No. Um, well, overall, you guys know that it's not my jam. Like torture porn is basically not what I go for necessarily. I'm not really. What's like that. torture soft porn though. It wasn't <laughs> even that bad. Like it was, it wasn't even that bad. But it was flawed to a point that, 
uh, it kind of just it flipped the the paradigm of of what you I don't know it's it's like it's almost like a cautionary tale like careful what you wish for like we're all I'm always criticizing horror movies for the tropes and the cliches and things like that. And then this is like, well, what if those weren't there? And it's like, well, now I hate it. So it's like, because what I felt like, <laughs> I felt like what, what normally happens is that the, these, uh, the characters that are getting killed off are in some way unlikable or stupid or make mistakes. And then you're a little bit rooting for the, the monster, the evil, in a, in a way. Like, we all love Freddy Krueger. No one fucking remembers the names of the people that he killed, you know? We want, we want that to, to happen a little bit, you know? This one did not do that. Like, I was immediately, like, my sense of justice was triggered, and I'm like, fuck these guys, like, kill them. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I wanted to call the cops. I wanted to, like, get a posse, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't build up any sort of, uh, I don't know. And they also didn't develop any uh, empathy for Lola either. Like they didn't give us mm -hmm. her backstory before we see why this is happening. I'm not, I'm, I don't know if I'm getting too deep too fast, but this- You like, are. <laughs> way too <laughs> deep. I, I could like, just the tip. Let's start see, with that, the tip. Well, that's, that's why also, I liked it though. Yeah. That's also why they had the, her book. Because it left some vagueness, and then the book kind of fills in a lot of the, the stuff, her little trophy book. Well, it fills in the fact that she's a serial killer and that this is not her first victim, yeah. Um, and it fills in the fact that all these people are missing, and the, and it's like basically this is just one more victim in a long line of victims. And then you get a reveal later, a uh, spoiler, that they're not even killing them. They're just pouring boiling hot water into their skulls and leaving them and hiding them in like a kind of basement style thing See, like a dungeon a dungeon kill. basically mm -hmm. yeah. and turning them into like undead ghouls in a weird I was way shook. i was shook a little bit with that because when they first like spoiler alert when they first opened the doors i was like i looked at eddie and i was like what the fuck is down there like they just poured water they're throwing a dead i'm assuming wombat i'm not 100 percent sure what the roadkill was i think it was a wombat mm -hmm. but they just like threw it in there and i was like what the fuck is this and then you see that it's like the the boys like the men and it's like oh, well fuck jesus okay all right i thought this was just a hobby but apparently this is just what they do i don't know i liked it call yeah. me crazy i liked it because think this is the way that you, the the point where i knew i liked the movie was okay spoiler alert the first time that the main character gets away and he climbs up the tree okay if this shit were to happen in real life these hillbilly ass serial killers are not going to be like mastermind, you know, torturers. They literally just picked up rocks and started chucking them to get the kid down and they got lucky. So they got to keep torturing him. Like, I liked that realistic, like, these are just fucking crazy ass people. Like, Lola doesn't need a backstory. Like, she's just fucking weird and let her be weird and insane. That was so, my, that yeah. was in my start with the good stuff list is the character work on the family is is brilliant. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what I I think that that's my favorite part of it too was just how demented 
that they they really sold these are some these are a couple demented motherfuckers you know what i mean and like they kept they kept they kept going down that line too and it was like you're just like sitting there i was more shocked by like what are they gonna do next versus like what's gonna happen to him next it's like are they gonna start making out on the table and do like an incest softcore like what's going on next you exactly know? that was that was actually uh that was a, a sophisticated type of like incest sicko family dynamic that you'd see on like hbo or something you know what i mean like, right and they don't just go into it it's like the romance builds up between them a little bit you know yeah yeah, oh, you, yeah, there's this, there's that scene where you first see like Lola in her room, and you hear that damn song, and you're like, I remember what that felt feels like. Like I was that girl who was like, Am I not? Why am I not pretty enough? And then oh. she's like, Dad, how do I? You got to see how it looks, and then just start stripping in front of her dad like nothing, and you're like, oh, Okay, this bitch is crazy. All, all that, th- all those things I just felt, all that sympathy and empathy. No, no, no. <laughs> Oh no! I yeah, you can. That, back. that you can song got ruined. That song is ruined for life for me now. Like I will never be able to hear that fucking song. Am I not pretty enough? Without fucking cringing. And I gotta be honest of, to you, uh, with you. I I, I can't uh, get dressed and dance to it in my bedroom anymore either. Like it's yeah, weird now. It's like, now it's weird. You know. I mean, it's true. Beforehand, it wasn't exactly the greatest. It was, but it was like at least neutral. And now it's on the dark side of just like that. That triggers things for me now. Yeah, um, <laughs> triggers. Here's the thing, though, Stefan. To your point about the book, yes. I, I felt like the book, the book didn't really do anything to me. And it it gave a little bit of exposition about what's happening, yeah. but it didn't really build out uh, Lola's character. Lola's character. They were they were great. They were brilliant character work and making a fucked up family. But it was yeah. one dimensional in terms of like what it what it does to the storytelling and the audience. It was a little bit like Rob Zombie. It's like Australia wanted to make a Rob Zombie film. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's a little bit of just like it's a sick fuck family. That's all you need to know. Right. Yeah, and you kind of get the sense like when Bright Eyes is first introduced, you're like, oh, okay, like she was just, this is normal to her. This has always been like going on in the house and she's a little jealous. Like you could just, I, that's where I got the sense of like, oh, she's always been this way. There wasn't a traumatizing event. There wasn't mm-hmm. a heartbreak. She just, this is just how she is. I'm sure if she actually liked the boy, she'd do the same fucking thing. So, so what I got from Bright Eyes, basically, especially when I first uh, saw, saw the movie, was it came to me, you know, it's kind of like the whole thing, like nobody's born with hate type of thing, right? So, so it, you know, a couple, couple things come to me. One, is that really his daughter or did he raise someone else's daughter? That's number one. Uh, number two, because she wasn't born that way, was the father already doing this to many women, uh, you know, uh, being that maybe she didn't have a mother, uh, you know, unless we're assuming that it really is her mother. I don't honestly think it is. I think she learned the behavior from him and he'd been taking women probably for many, many, many years and doing the same thing. And then hence her behavior in doing this to, uh, you know, I think boys. I think that makes sense considering he's having to show her a lot of techniques and she's like practicing all of the techniques that he's already good at. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, maybe he just loved his daughter so much he decided to keep all their crushes as slaves from the start, but it probably was like he'd already been doing it and Bright Eyes was one of his victims. But yep. that reduces the tension of the, the incest 
uh, aspect. It just makes it like a Woody Allen sitch. And like, I, <laughs> I, know, is... I like it the other way. You know what I mean? Like, where, where <laughs> <it is. laughs> Well, I mean, it, it could be it very well could be. I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, uh, obviously, you know, she wasn't born that way. So these are learned behaviors. So uh, what, how, how much has she been exposed to in order to become that way with uh, if that in fact really is her father or it isn't, uh, you know, what, what uh, has she witnessed growing up uh, to have her think that, you know, that behavior is acceptable. And, and obviously he's too, uh, deep too fast. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't really think about it that much in terms of like where the family history came. We'll wait for the, uh, for the uh, prequel. The, the, the prequel. prequel. God, if, if they did that. <laughs> Do you know what? My can I talk about my least favorite thing about this movie? Mm-hmm. The B story was terrible and pointless. Like any really was yeah, pointless. Any scene that happened outside of the of that house was like just oh here's a tension break for no fucking reason. Oh his like, buddy, his buddy trying to get laid. Yeah. His, to yeah. his buddy just having a regular prom date like mm-hmm. next to this, and they never like go. You know, like with Get Out, the B story is like his friend, the the uh, security officer is like trying to track him down and mm-hmm. find him. And this one, it's like his friend is just at a date and then they hook up and then he takes her home. And like that might have worked as a B story in like a sitcom. But when it's like oh, wait a next second, no, no. Yeah. The, the tie in was that uh, that was her one of her brothers was a previous victim. Yeah, that's the one that uh, had yeah, him. a great tie, and it doesn't, it doesn't tie it all up, but it's it's a you know it's a yeah. It's yeah. like a yeah, I guess it's a link, right? It's like yeah. it's just the link though. Like, had they kind of noticed that he wasn't at the dance with his girlfriend, and then his parents couldn't find him. Like, I was really hoping that that poor goth chick got something more than just a shitty night at a prom. <laughs> a good lay and then she went home and cried herself to sleep and her parents didn't do anything about it like that poor girl should have at least gotten a fucking shot at lola before getting a right like if like she lost her brother day. then she should have been there in the climax when it was the the main character's girlfriend who comes and like saves him like it should have been a team up at that point at least it would have made it a little it would have felt like it wasn't just a tension break for the sake of it like yeah. that whole story i'll be honest mm-hmm. i didn't like anything that was off of the main story i didn't like the the family of it was terrible of it was just like these... looking for him it felt like i was watching like ncis or something like why like why are we caring about like there's a helicopter next you know like the search party like it doesn't if it's it... mostly just like long shots of his mom's face looking very concerned yeah like that's 90 was... percent of that part of it yeah. really did feel like the family was really not that jazzed about looking for him they're just like well this kid's depressed i mean he killed my husband he'll he'll be fine he'll come back in a day it's fine yeah. i mean like if my yeah like if my if, if a sheriff if the sheriff of like my town came and said well this is all that we found of your boyfriend i'd be freaking the fuck out I'd be on a man search, not just sitting there with his mom and being like, well, I guess let's just hope he comes back. Like, he didn't say I love you back today, so I I guess I'm not going to go searching for him because he's missing. Well, you know, the thing was, too, is that, uh, you know, like when they're 
getting ready to, uh, you know, fuck around in the car before you realize that Lola is outside of the car watching him get a blowjob. Awkward. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you, she realizes that she's feeling onto his body when she notices he has the necklace with the razor, that he's a cutter, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think the assumption is is that, you know, that he has maybe previously done this before, possibly, uh, or that, you know, oh, this is just him acting out because he's uh, stuck in a, you know, a state of depression, you know. Uh, I don't think it was executed very well, but mm-hmm. I, I believe that's what they're, you know, they're hinting to that, ah, this is just normal because he's going through a, a great loss. So, you know, he's going to, you know, there's things that are going to randomly happen because he's, he doesn't know how to express himself, you know? Yeah, I mean, maybe if they didn't make it so obvious that this kid was taken, hmm. then I would have been like, okay, like, they just think he's just, you know, he's <laughs> fucked off. He's just, like, mm-hmm. on a bender. But they li- they they oh, left all of his stuff. Yeah, like, they the dog didn't even get stabbed. The dog got, like, a hit with a hammer. Uh, like, and a nail. Get- a hammer yeah. and a nail. Yep. Like that happened and then your stuff just comes up missing. That's kind of, that's alarming. Yeah, but the cop was walking through a giant field at night and just happened upon his, like a couple of trinkets from the guy's pocket. Like what? Really? Yeah. And, and all that, all that family stuff felt non-essential. Like we were talking about uh, Friday the 13th earlier. Imagine if like we cut away to like the kid's family who are at the camp or something. Like, I wonder what they're up to. You know what? Exactly. Not, we don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> like, but not doing anything. Not yeah. like trying mm-hmm. to track him down or trying to, not, not being active in the story at all whatsoever. Just long shots of them looking concerned. Yeah. I have a continuity question. Okay, so these kids, were these just rando uh, pickups for dates or is it like every year at the prom or something like that? I think these um, are just boys that she's had crushes on. Yeah. Who've like, she went point blank and said, you know, will you go out with me? And no matter how nicely they said no, she was like, unacceptable. You've got to come here. Because <laughs> unacceptable. There's a, nay nay. Break, there's a six month break and not a year break between that accident where the one escapee and then the next uh, abduction. Which I, I, I assumed as like, oh, this is how she deals with, you know, the prom every year, or dances, you know. But, she's uh, like 37, just doing the prom for the last 10, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed it was like how she handled like rejection. Yeah, that's like, what I think it is too, yeah. Like, it's just like when boys don't like you, you know, girls... We all get upset when you have a crush and they don't like you, and instead of handling it with a sad song and sitting in your room alone well you know reject rejection's a motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) nobody nobody wants to hear no or or i don't feel the same way you're like what motherfucker (laughs) she's a great actress is it is it robin mclevy is that the the i believe so she played lola so she's one of Um, uh actresses in uh the uh what do you call it uh Hell on Wheels. She was in that TV show. I don't, I don't know if you guys. It's it's a western. I know what you're talking about from AMC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cow, the cowboy one. 
I do have to say she did she did a really good job as far as acting goes. The acting was not distractingly bad at any no. point either. Like the the script choices and whatnot was distractingly bad, but um, as far as them committing to their characters, it was fine. You know, yeah. this yeah. finger looking good. <laughs> I will say we kind of touched on it, but one of my favorite parts when I started to like get jazzed up was uh when her dad spoiler alert is hammering knives into this poor kid's foot and she's like aren't you gonna cry aren't you gonna cry and then he just like nuts up and he's like just he won't give it to her and she starts freaking out oh, yeah. because oh, yeah. he's like nope i'm not gonna shed a tear for you well bitch. you know she does she doesn't know she doesn't know his pain she doesn't know his pain you know he's in so much pain like whatever they're putting him through it, it just it's nothing you know, it's just because, an outlet for him at that point. Yep, because he already cuts himself anyway, so what's this shit? <laughs> Dude, the thing is with the, <laughs> the whole razor blade thing, like, okay, so I called that, I don't know how many minutes in. Um, I, I called a lot of things. Watching a, a movie with, with my wife, she hates my guts because I'm calling all this stuff. I'm like, boom, he's doing that, <laughs> boom, he's doing that. That's happening. I have to restrain I called, myself. <laughs> I called both of the stupid times that somebody got pushed from behind down the fucking pit. Spoiler alert. Sorry, everything's a spoiler alert. But, um, but yeah, the cinematography set that shit up. So, like, you're expecting it, you know, because you can't see behind that. I'm like, that, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I, I literally say, like, you know, I'm like the person in the movie theater that you hate. I'm like, don't don't lean over that hole. And then he goes over. What does he do? He's like, hmm, this is weird. I'm going to lean over and see what's in there. And I'm like, God damn it. Why are you doing this to me? Um, <laughs> but I, I called it when he was when he was beating Lola. I'm like, don't stop until <laughs> it's done, dude. Don't don't get up. And then he got up. And then, of course, you know, but uh and then the cop, when he walked in, I was like, don't answer that banging. That's, there, there's, two, there's two entities in this building. There's the perp and the victim. Who do you think is in the fucking basement, dude? Banging on the wall. Um, you find the perp and then rescue everybody. Uh, you got you know, you to eliminate the threat. Like, that's day one shit for a cop. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It just Maybe, you know, he's a small did town. See, uh, yeah, oh, I was going to say, this is pretty small town back roads. Like, I don't think <laughs> they're used to serial killers and mass murders. So, I'm going to, plus, I mean, he got a butcher knife in the back yeah. of the head, which I don't but know how she had the, same, the strength to do. The same format with a domestic uh, violence situation. You don't go in and be like, you know, the guy's got a shotgun. You're like, do you need a Band-Aid real quick? Oh, oh shit, I should probably get the shotgun. No, you're yeah. right, you're right. Uh, I'll you, I'm, I'm with Keith on that one. I feel like it, 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 it kind of takes me out of the movie when the, when the characters make decisions that are just so horribly stupid. Mm -hmm. that you can't get on there like you're just like oh god why are you doing like it doesn't make any sense that they would be that dumb right and it just it makes it harder to like feel scared for them because it's like well you're kind of asking for it at this point buddy you i know? i agree there are some uh some things not just in this movie but all movies in general where you're like okay why is that character doing that or why are they acting a certain way or why are they doing something without you know as much uh you know, why aren't they doing reconnaissance, seeking out more information as to what's going on before, you know, jumping in the fire, if you will. Uh, I definitely agree with that. But, you know, 
the thing that that's uh that will not make an interesting movie for sure is having too many smart people (laughs) then nobody gets killed (laughs) you know like uh you know, like Green Room. You you watched oh, you yeah. like Green Room. You oh, recommended it, right? Oh yeah, and that's, that's full awesome. of that's full of stupid people, but they're like believably stupid because they're in a very chaotic like situation, and they're just mm-hmm. like making decisions off the seat of their pants. It's not like they're a that, trained cop. Like they're a punk band, right? So you that can movie get is so fucking good. Have you guys seen Green Room? No. Mm-mm. Dude, one of Patrick Stewart's, without spoiling what he does or who he is, one of his best fucking movies, as well as the guy, uh, Anton Yeltsin, who died. He was in the remake oh, yeah. of Fright Night. He, he was in the remake mm-hmm. of Star Trek. I was so sad to hear that dude died from his own car. Horrible. <laughs> what a horrible way to die. He got ran yeah. over by his own fucking car. Yeah. In his driveway. It was a Prius, too. Like, it's... it's that, was a, fuck. that was a freak accident right yeah, there. Yeah, you know, really, really uh, horrible, but He's one of those actors uh, where, like, if you look at his resume, there's not really, I mean, you could say, that, you know, it's obviously a 50-50 for some on some of the flicks he did. But I, I actually, I'd say 98 or higher percent of his movies, I liked them all. Mm-hmm. And that uh, and that, that one, uh, he's with an actress that he's done other movies with. And I, I her name is just hard for me to pronounce. It's like Imogen Poots or something like that. Imogen Poots. I know yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah, Imagine Poots. Yeah. However the hell you say that, I don't fucking know. She Imagine Poots, dragons. okay? <laughs> but, you know, you Sounds get... Yeah, that, yeah, I definitely uh, recommend that one. Yeah, Green Room is fucking amazing. Dude. Yeah, but I was just, to my point, I was just saying, like, like that same director, he also made another movie called Blue Ruin, which I also recommend. It's a slower one than Green Room. And, and uh, Hold the Dark... These are all really good movies starring dumb people who make bad decisions, but it manages in that case to amplify your empathy for them because you're like, yeah, these are not professionals, right? We can't expect them to know what to do. But to contrast that with, with the loved ones, the, it's like trained cops who are just like, oh, let me walk through and like not look where I'm going and not secure this location at all. He sees all the blood. He sees a crime scene that and that that's alerting. It gave him enough uh, alert to break into the property, which you know, it, it's like this is it. There's a thing happening here. I'm gonna go in and. Mm-hmm. But and and the thing is, like, a lot can be excused with like stress, adrenaline, shock, like panic. Because some people fold right under pressure. But when it makes the viewer feel like it was just lazy writing. And they're just like, how do we get from here to there? Fuck it, this guy does that, you know? Right. It it's then it cheapens the film and and it cheapens the experience as a viewer. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, the thing the thing that uh, I ask myself too when watching a lot of these is, you know, is this is this the person's first movie? This director's first movie? Uh, is this his fifth movie? You know, because I know, for, at least for for me, if it's uh, in their career, it's later in their career, they write something that leaves a lot more kind of questionable elements uh, or too much vagueness in, in certain areas that don't need vagueness, if you will. Uh, you know, then, then I'll be a little bit more harsher on the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd have to look up uh, as far as this uh, gentleman's resume, where this ranks as far as his movies. But I'd say as far as like an indie horror flick, within the first two movies, I kind of give some of those guys a little bit of a break. I mean, not to, you know, make excuses for them or anything, but uh, it's just later in their career where I would be a little bit more, you know, hardcore as far as, you know, 
criticizing well, it or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> this was a Sean Burns first like movie first movie. movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he'd only done shorts before this, and this was the first movie that he wrote too. So, yeah, I give a little forgiveness. It has its flaws. I mean, you know, it's it not. It feels like a first movie for sure. Mm-hmm. It definitely. <laughs> Feels like they just glued that shit together for the first time ever doing something like that. Well, you know, and not having a bu- not having a budget to hire other people who could maybe up your production if they've done other movies, you know, because a lot of that, uh, not even a lot of it, it's just facts. It's a film, filmmaking, and uh, things of that nature are a collaborative art. It's not just you know one person. Uh, right. Unless you're Spielberg, I guess, <laughs> or somebody you know, of that nature. <laughs> I honestly have nothing against the production of this movie. I like indie movies. I my issues with it are primarily the script. You know. Yeah. There were some zingers in the script. Like there was some good dialogue, and there were some good <laughs> points, but there are definitely big holes. Like I understand, like some people, like even smart people put them in a traumatic or like a, you know, high stress situation and they buckle. They have no idea what to do. They freak out and they make poor decisions. But this one was just like, like you guys were saying with the sheriff, like that was just too much. Like you see a blood, you see blood all over the floor. You know, this is a crime scene. He should have called for for backup. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Call for backup. (laughs) Like you don't have to go in and, you know, I get that your son might be in there. You're really stressed out about this. There's a kid missing, but there's, there's those instincts where it's like, come on, if he was drunk, maybe I would have bought it, (laughs) but I don't know. The question, the question to me is like, do their bad choices under stress, does it amplify the tension or does it deflate it? And with that, sheriff that was deflating the tension for me whereas with green room when they make bad decisions i'm just like no you know and it amplifies the tension. Mm-hmm. yeah so like for instance it, when it comes down to lazy writing it, it's like uh there wasn't enough reason for us for the sheriff to go right for the basement right so write in a reason why does that happen you know something like in uh like what's what's the movie uh silence of the lambs or something where he's he's searching through something uh the house and and he's hearing lots of noises or whatever or he thinks he finds the the the, whoever lives there but they (laughs) escape you know and then he's like what do i do next like give him a moment where he has to he's confused and figures out what to you know what i mean like work it into the story and just i don't know sell it for me that's all yeah i think i would have felt more comfortable had the sheriff made a little more progress and it was just one of those instances where it was like a split second mistake cost him his life like just something just so stupid just like a booby trap or something you know like a triple wire and a fucking shotgun goes off like something so small Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) just something really small because what was did the story gain anything by the sheriff arriving like even when he got the gun it didn't, I mean, he, I think the only uh, bearing it had on the story was he had one more body to stack to get to the fucking top. Is it the, is that what he, you know what I mean? Like, it, what did that do for the sheriff arriving there um, to, to, to add to the story or to progress the story? I, I think it was more of him making a very poor decision uh, under duress and adrenaline. He looks in the window and he starts to question, okay, there's a lot of blood on the floor. Uh, maybe he's, you know, clinging on to life right now. Uh, you know, mm. I don't, you know, he doesn't really know. Uh, 
I mean, and, maybe the writers were throwing Lola a bone because she's she's not the criminal mastermind. She's really not. She's not the brightest tool in the box. She's not the most emotionally stable. So she makes the worst decisions throughout this movie. Yeah. Like she can't even lobotomize him right. Like she spills the water. She blew it. You know, like, so maybe they were throwing her a bone just to get her like out of the house and onto the mission of like, I'm going to kill your mom. Like you kill my daddy and I'm going to stab your girlfriend in the heart. Like you stabbed me in the heart. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I will oh. say this, another thing that I'm not a big fan of is when it, when it's some sort of like reset in, in, uh, this crisis situation. So it's like somebody's tied up, they manage to escape, they get out, and then they go get them, they catch them, they put them right back in the same exact position. And the same, you know, like we just reset the whole process. Right. And then he does the exact same thing again. It's like that. Nothing you know. changes, you know, mm -hmm. like if, as, if nothing's changing, then what are you watching it for? And then it ruins its rewatchability, you know? You the, can't the razor watch blade. That over and over again. He reuses the same tool, the, the same like, oh, he has that razor blade. They used it twice. You know, like, yeah, um, when he was under the car, he tucked it in his back pocket. I guess the dad didn't frisk him or something is what it yeah. seems like. But you, you remember. Well, I uh, mean, the girl, Lola did have to get him out of a tree via rock to the head. You know, that's the only shot that they had. She was like, let me try. I was like, girl, go ahead. This, if he gets away, you guys are fucked. But the recapture was fun. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I like that, and it added to the uh, development of the characters uh, of the sicko family. But then the whole process of the victim being reset into that situation, you know, if maybe they reset him into a different scenario, maybe they're like, okay, this guy's a runner. I mean, I know they, they were able to nail his feet with steak knives. Right. It was still- So there was a little bit. But it was still too much of a little bit of the same thing. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't. Do you yeah. guys? Did you ever see the remake of uh, Mad Max? Oh, of course. Yes. Fury, Fury Road. Fury Road, b both directions. Like it, it was like Fury Road, and then he's like, "Let's go back. Why not? Fuck it. Like I, I could do that again. Like, it was so stupid. I was well, like, fuck this movie.' Well, I, I, I agree with that assessment because when I first saw it, that was one thing that did frustrate me. But mm -hmm. then I watched it a second time you know uh to appreciate the I, I love that director that director is fucking amazing but uh you know he, homie had the water sure. homie had the water so i mean McGuffin. <laughs> right. yeah mcguffins are in that case i'm sorry in that case i i actually like that it was because the, it played into the theme of the movie and it played into what they were like like the whole point of just like you know, you have this oasis in your head and then it's not real. And then you realize the real oasis is back home if we go at it together, you know, like, yeah. or whatever. It, now that we've learned these lessons, we can go and recapture home. It's a heroic story. There's always a return journey. You know? it, it felt like though, it, it, it just felt to me like if the four of us went out to brunch for two hours and then we got done, we were standing outside the restaurant. We're like, I could eat this. this you guys want to go get something? You know what I mean? Like, no, not again. We just fucking finished that. What are you doing? <laughs> It'd be a great subversion though for a sitcom. If you just <laughs> like never see it coming. Yeah. Like a loop, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, that's like my, my one buddy, man. Like, we got done eating, and then he's like, hey, dessert? And I was like, already? He's like, I got to fill in the cracks, bro. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. 
But I mean, you know, I, I, I feel you. They bring him back in the house. You didn't like that very much. I can see where, you know, uh, not just you, but other people maybe wouldn't have liked that aspect of it. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's uh, just one of those things, you know, I, I try to take an account. I try not to make excuses for movies. It's hard for me when I really like something, uh, you know, definitely. I won't, I won't lie and, 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 you know, say otherwise, but I think with any indie horror i try to be a little more forgiving on certain things on certain things a little more you know add a little more stretch to the to the uh to it you know as far as the tolerance of certain things um and you know granted i've seen you know indie stuff that's really good i've seen indie stuff that's really bad uh and then even the stuff that you know i might find bad you know this is a prime example uh there was an indie flick that me and my buddy went and saw called it follows I don't know if you guys have seen that mm-hmm. one. I think you said you did. And that was one for me that had to grow on me because the first viewing, I liked parts of it. I didn't like the movie. It, it took me watching it two or three more times for me to go, okay. I looked at what they spent. And granted, this is not something obviously you're doing before you watch a movie you've never seen or never heard of. But, you know, after I watch something, I try, not, I don't do this with everything, but certain movies, this was one I did where I look up what the budget was. Um, you know, was this their first or second, third film? uh you know is this something where they didn't come from film school you know what i mean just trying to trying to figure out different uh things on what where they've you know fit their headspace in making it you know yeah you're trying to sympathize with the director and the whole process which i mean i i honestly do that when i really like a movie if i really like a movie i'll go in and if the budget was really low it's going to make me like it more like I would never do that if I'm, if I don't like a movie I don't like a movie. Oh, you yeah, know that's a, that's an I'll underdog it, kind of thing. Yeah, like I'll give it another shot. Like I'll watch a movie twice and if I still don't like it I'm not gonna bother the, the third that's time. Like, yeah, that's know? like the the void. You know, that's another example of like an indie flick uh, doing doing good and paying uh, tribute to you know like an 80s nostalgia type thing. Also extremely low budget and I have friends who hate that movie and I have friends who love that movie. I I liked it a lot. I think, I think uh, that Heather movies great i think that it follows is great and both of those movies are great because they know tension and they know how to maintain tension the whole time and this one did not so it's like that's why i can't excuse the budget because you don't need a budget in order to hold the tension you know i I gotta be honest with you i i don't have that kind of time like i can't (laughs) i can't watch a movie three times like okay it's it's good now like Mm-hmm. Sorry. Well, right. I, don't, I don't mean it like that. What my, what I what I'm saying is, when I review it, I'm looking for other reasons to to like it, yeah. uh, and it's usually over time, not not right away. <laughs> so, I watch it three times. I love it now. <laughs> for our viewers and our listeners out there, uh, my picks are for like the, the, someone on a time budget. You know, it doesn't have mm-hmm. a lot of. Shit. So if I tell you like skip this one, that means it takes like three or four times. So. Let's uh, let's actually move into our ratings quickly. Um, so, Stephen, what do you, what do you rate this movie? Oh, I love it. I loved it. I, it has its flaws, but for all its flaws, I, I love it. I, I give it uh, five out of five for me. Really? Nice. Mm-hmm. And would you say it's for fucks or for folks? Hopefully, for fucks, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's a family film. I think you should gather the family uh, around on the couch and just you know throw it on, see what happens. You know, okay. rejection. What a motherfucker. Okay. Uh, Keith, what do you think? Okay, so uh, knowing that this is the sick fucks of cinema, right? Uh, 
I can't I can't kink shame anyone for liking torture porn, um, but I think it's it's definitely it's too sick fuck for me in terms of just like. I guess it's not too sick fuck for me, but it didn't offer anything else. It didn't offer a lot of substance beyond the sick fuckiness. Um, so I would honestly, I would only give this one like two and a half, three out of five because the acting was good. Other than that, everything else is like, uh, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Christina, what do you think? Um, I think as far as like the folks versus sick fucks, I'd say it's somewhere in the middle. This is some, this is a movie. If they were, if the person wasn't huge into like super gore, like a super horror fan, but they just kind of wanted to see how the other side lives a little, this is a good, this is a good one. Because like, like Keith said, it is torture porn, but it's like soft torture porn like you don't see like you don't see a whole lot of the stuff actually happen like you see the aftermath but it's not like that you know physical reaction of like oh like a needle going into an eyeball that's just that's too much but it's you know what i'm saying and the overall movie i liked it i don't think it was the best but i'd give it a solid three out of five um I think it was a it was a decent bad movie, you know. Like to me, it was campy, and it was um, it made some choices that all you can do is make fun of it. Like all you can do is watch it with your friends. It's a good movie to watch with your friends when you want a B horror movie to watch and just be like, "What the fuck are they doing?" and like just criticize the choices of the characters as well as the filmmakers because there's weird choices all around. And frankly, as a movie, I would give it two out of five stars because I didn't like it at all. Um, mostly because of the B story. Just like, like, <laughs> what the hell was it doing there? It really just like, it, like, I don't know. There, the, like choices like that and like other choices where it's like, it just seems weird and off. And like the movie was edited together to make some kind of continuity and they struggled with making that story like the, the, they struggle with the execution outside of the straight up torture porn scenes that happen, which are decent for torture porn. No tension, just campy torture, which makes it torture porn in the purest sense in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say it's four fucks, but it's only on, I would give it a three on that scale. It's not super intense. It's not going to make you puke. You know, it's not going to, it's but it, it 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 it's not it's not like it it's got gore it's gory as hell yeah i don't know there i'm might be I, some awkward eye contact with, with somebody watching <laughs> afterwards that, that from i don't know i mean and i i said this last week uh you know when i was at a fangoria convention and uh bruce campbell was speaking and me and my buddy butcher were there uh his name's anthony but he goes by butcher um <laughs> and uh we're sitting in the convention and he's asking people to yell out bad horror movies and again i love bruce campbell uh but this is one of those moments <laughs> where i don't i i understand where people are coming from and i understand that we all label things a certain way uh to address certain things for me it's all horror movies i don't really refer to it as torture porn uh for me it's all horror i i you know a b c d e f g 
you know, mm-hmm. as far as the quality, I just call it horror. But I, he, he was one of the first I ever heard br- bring up the torture porn thing. And then me and my buddy were just kind of there, like, looking at each other, like, puzzled because we watched a shit ton of horror movies. And I was just like, what? Every, what? What? <laughs> I get why that name came about. I get it. Uh, but for me, I just, I just, I just, it's just a big, a uh, big, you know, pot of stew. I just call it horror, uh, for myself mm-hmm. anyway, because <laughs> everybody's going to die in a horror movie, whether it be slow or fast, you know. True. But there's different styles. There's different ways to die. And some people prefer and get off on a, a certain way of doing it. So no, no I, I hear what you're saying. Cause yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre one of the original horrors uh, before even the beginning of the 80s, there was a lot of torture stuff in there and nobody called that a torture porn. They just called it a horror. But it, it wasn't, oh. there wasn't, it was all off screen. That was, that's what it is so effective about a good horror movie is when people think it's gorier than they actually show. Have you, have you seen mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2? Yeah, a lot of it's on part screen. Two, not in part two. Part it two was also is being developed then just like, porn you know like it, it it's that was its early stages of developing torture porn you know like the, <laughs> i hate that name <laughs> i really do a porn called torture porn it's like it's like it's like uh, almost like racism for horror movies i don't know <laughs> you offended steven's people um, <laughs> Steven, <laughs> stefan damn it stefan ah! sorry I'm going to mispronounce everyone's name. I'm going to pull a, a CMR and just I <laughs> kite. So anyways. I wanted to chime in and say, I don't even need somebody to die in a horror movie to feel like it's a good horror movie. I just want to be scared. I want to be terrified and moved, you know, yeah. psychologically. And sometimes I, when someone doesn't die, that makes it even scarier, you know? So I don't need all the blood and the gore and the guts and, and, the deaths i need like you know so you hate you hate the 80s genre of horror movies then because that's pretty much <laughs> I, I grew up with it I don't hate it all. and and you know something like poltergeist was a little bit more you know elevated than than slasher flicks and stuff well, and see and that's one of those films that has a lot of controversy because toby hooper wasn't given free reign to really do what he really wanted with it because spielberg spielberg was the major producer and so, you know, if he had free reign of that movie, uh, that movie would have been a little bit more, uh, more than what it was. So mm-hmm. I, I, I get what you're saying too. Um, but, you know, when I watch John Carpenter's The Thing with Kurt Russell, Keith David, that's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I love, I, yeah, I love, I love every moment of it, whether it's, you know, the drama, uh, you know, the tension building. And I love all the set pieces of the, you know, practical effects and the gore. I love it That's, all. It's I, just like, that reminds me of like original, uh, the first Alien movie. You know, it's, it's a oh, yeah. about the tension. Ridley Scott, yeah. And the fear and the unknown, you know. Yeah. So, Heather, what's next? What are we doing next? Now we got, we're at the end here. I'm going to give you guys, I got three selections. I could do a fourth if you guys really want to find something that's just on Netflix, but um, the three that I want to suggest are um, The Wailing, The Void, and Midsommar. I, that's my selection for you guys. If you guys can find Ooh. and agree to watch one of those, you should do that. Um, I want to hear which ones uh, the boys want to watch first, because I haven't seen any of those movies. And they all sound like something that I want to watch. I know The Wailing is on Netflix. I'm is it? 
Yeah, yeah I believe so. I have seen Midsommar. I do also I recommend so. it, and I'd be happy to do that one. It's either uh, that or Amazon. But I think I, I my what I'm interested in is watching The Wailing because I've been hearing a lot about it. So, so the, the Wailing is the one I really want you guys to watch, especially with everything Keith's been saying in this episode, because it is a horror movie like in keats definition of the term so i really mm. want compared to everything he said like that's what makes it like it's where, where would you categorize it ghost exorcism slasher oh yeah it's not, a, it's not a slasher i would almost call it a ghost story but even then it's more of a possession story right like okay. an exorcism story okay. yeah but then there's also uh, other elements to it. Like there's a crime procedural element to it. Oh, okay. There's, there's uh, other kinds of elements to it that, yeah. you know, it's a Korean, it's a weird Korean horror movie. Oh, that... I love, I love, I love Asian, uh, extreme Asian cinema. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. You, gotta, you gotta see Dumplings eventually if you can get a chance to watch that. Dumplings. Again, I feel like we're talking about regular porn at this point. Are, are you guys... <laughs> Dump, dumplings um so keith you're voting on the whaling that's said? my vote yeah I'm, I'm for either or i love the void the void is uh an 80s nostalgic throwback uh that pays homage to you know john carpenter and uh david cronenberg um so i i i definitely dig that one but i if i and i know i've seen the whaling but it's been a long time so i haven't seen it in i will say forever. i do like david cronenberg Oh, um, yeah, best. that's a great that's a great kind of Lovecraftian '80s throwback. I like it because it's tense. Like that's what makes me. I picked all three of these because there's tension, there's a sense of dread that you have throughout the whole thing, um, and so that's that's what I went for. So they're not exactly matching genres perfectly. Oh no, yeah, are definitely different. <laughs> two of them. Yeah, definitely different. <laughs> um. I don't know. The wailing sounds interesting, but so does the void. Um, okay, question. Is the wailing, does it have like a supernatural element to it? Is that what I'm yes. kind of understanding? Okay. Yeah, they both I, do. I th Ooh, they both do. Damn it, that was supposed to help me. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're, they're both, they're both, uh, definitely good it just depends on uh yeah which one you want a you want a foreign horror horror movie or do you want to do more of like a american slash canadian type horror flick yeah i think i'm gonna try i i think i'm gonna put my vote in for the whaling there you go then we just do that one that's it okay heard, i love i can't wait to talk about the whaling you guys you heard it here first people we're doing the whaling next friday Woo! <laughs> Where else would you hear it? I mean, that's, that's stupid, right? Yeah. Right? I'll um, be eating some whale blubber. Oh, yeah. Catch us <laughs> on our social media. The Sick Folks of Cinema is on, it's on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. Where we, got, we got a YouTube. I don't know how people found whatever they're listening to if they found this, but YouTube. I'm trying to, like, just outro this shit. We're indie, <laughs> baby. We're indie. Yeah. We're everywhere. <laughs> we're, every, we're, we're everywhere every, everywhere toys are sold um, yes and if they have any suggestions uh for any future episodes uh let us porn know. Toys. 
Sergeant Fortois, oh my lord. This is the ball whip. Yeah, guys, uh, comment. Uh, let us know if you have any favorite movies uh, that you want us to either touch on, review, watch, uh, or recommend to other people. Yay! We did it! <laughs> we did it! Another we, episode. Do we stop the recording now? Yeah, we're going to stop the recording. Happy Friday the 13th, everybody. Happy, Happy Friday, Friday the 13th! 13th. See y'all next week! <laughs> Ha ha ha! Get, 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 get.